All right, happy to have you along, my fellow tech enthusiasts. I am Sam Bushman. Jay Harrison is with me. This is NPITechGuys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. And Tech Watch Radio. Check out our new site, uh, NPITechGuys.com, and you can get the podcast there. You can also click a button, and instantly all the news stories come up uh, that we feed out on a regular basis and a whole lot more. So check all that out. NetworkProvidersInc.com, our main website. Uh, and, you know, this broadcast is brought to you by Network Providers, Inc. because we have the ability all across the country to help you make sure your systems are secure. But understand that this show is not just a show for geeks or a show for, look, if you want help on the back end, get a hold of NetworkProvidersInc.com. We're glad to help you. There's a bunch of consultants. But, look, this show is really for fun. What I mean by that is, it's to quickly keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. So you don't need to worry about all the latest security features and all that kind of stuff every day. Um, you can either, one, listen to the show and hear the tips from us and get a handle on it. You can check with our back-end services and get support uh, for your company. There's a lot of ways to go about it, but the show's supposed to be fun, interesting, and unique. And we've had kind of an under-the-sea feature that we've been talking about for the last couple of times. Um, one of them was they're starting data centers under the sea. Because they believe that, hey, they can put these data centers together. Uh, on the top of the data center could be a, a wind farm uh, taking advantage of the wind on the sea. And then under that, under the farm could be the, uh, you know, powered equipment. It doesn't need to keep cool. It doesn't need to, you know, a lot of those interesting things. Now, you're trading one series of problems for another, but there's a lot of big companies experimenting with it. We talked about that in detail. We furthermore talked about people living in pods under the sea and that's kind of interesting it's a little different than submarine life it's not that deep and all that kind of stuff but you know could you live under the sea would it really do wonders in terms of uh you know keeping your house cool and or warm for that matter uh, a, a stable temperature very interesting i don't think i could personally live that way i think it would be neat to see one but i kind of freak out when i go under the sea jay just just me personally uh, i want to go under the sea in a way that i know that i'm not going to be washed away or something that's the only thing that kind of freaks me out on going on cruises, too. It's like, as long as I can stay on the boat, I'm cool. But, man, you know, you hear people getting lost off the boat or this or that. or You know, getting lost into the sea would be, um, well, I don't think the experience would last very long, but it sure would not be pleasant, Jay. It's a lot of pressure, I think, to be under. A lot of pressure. That's for sure. Speaking of pressure, there is a big, new, uh, interesting find. I guess what happened is people found a big old shipwreck, Jay. Oh, and yeah. in the shipwreck, they found a bunch of bottles of champagne from, like, the 1880s or something crazy. That's probably a good find. I bet you could sell that. There's a lot of novelty there. Oh, without question. But now there's scientists saying, hmm, this is aged way different. I don't know if people are tasting it. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't try something that old. I'd be fearful I'd get sick. But nevertheless, right. the whole point is people are saying... Several things. Number one, this might be the best way to age these things. The pressure just might be incredible to, to, you know. And I agree that there's a lot that we know of that pressure if we just understood enough of the science behind it. No doubt about it. I mean, if you can generate um, electricity from spinning turbines and uh, can you somehow, you know, figure out a way to use pressure, there's a lot there to consider. Well, But these people are saying undersea champagne surfaces are starting to surface. And they don't mean just the bottles find. What they mean is now companies are experimenting with aging their drinks that way. 
I only bring it up. I don't drink alcohol of any kind, but I only bring it up because it's interesting how we stumble across the craziest things and then instantly they become literally a scientific quest. You know, you first discover these old bottles and go, oh, that's weird. It still lasted. That's great. Whoa. You know, and then you start studying it and pretty soon um, space is a lot like that, Jay, where we learn a lot about things from space and a lot of the new inventions and capabilities and technology we have on the earth is because of some space exploration. Same thing is kind of true with Under the Sea. I believe there's a lot of secrets there for us, Jay. I would agree. I think it's two different frontiers, and they offer unique uh, exploration and unique um, information that we can gain from checking them out um, with those bottles. You know, I've seen some pictures of these, and, you know, they've got, like, barnacles and stuff on them. I think if you got one, number one, it would be very pricey. But number two, even if you got it, I don't know that you'd want to even drink it. You'd probably just want to put it up on a shelf for the story that's behind it. Well, sure, and people are doing all the above, but people are now starting to say, companies are literally saying, let's create a way to age under the sea our own drinks and stuff. So it's not just a old, fine novelty. There's nothing more to it. They believe there's science behind it that could teach us some lessons about all kind of different things unrelated, which I find, that's the part I find the most interesting. You know, what is it about the pressure that could do what, that can help in what fields of exploration? And to me, that's the interesting part. It seems like... Uh, we know a lot about space in many ways, not near enough, but a lot. We don't know a lot about under the sea. We really don't. In fact, there's a feature uh, that we're going to work on putting into the broadcast as well, uh, probably at the bottom of the hour after the news or something like that would run it. But the feature is basically called Science Under the Sea, and it is fascinating to learn and to hear about how powerful and how majestic and how all these things you know we talk about that about space, but we don't talk about that a lot when it comes to the sea, but it's just as fascinating of a frontier in my view jay totally different i get it yeah totally different sphere but but fascinating uh, nonetheless yeah we've ran them in the past um before this is from the university of texas their marine science institute and um they do a good job of, of bringing things up and bring trying to bring awareness and uh, you know i'm surprised they're still they're still trucking along they're kind of like tech watch they've just been at it for years and years and they're doing good and uh, they're doing we can great help that, and they're be great and whenever we, when I hear them, they're just interesting. It's just a whole different sphere that you don't think too much about. And I mean, unless you've literally gone and lived or been in a submarine, most of us have never been really deep in any water. I mean, deep's a relative term, but yeah. how deep is the deepest you've ever been in water in your entire life, for example, Jay? Unless you're a, um, a scuba diver of some kind, I guarantee it's not very deep. Yeah, I mean, if you are, it's not that deep, all considering, right? Yeah, I've been over lots of deep water, but not uh, not under it, really. I mean. I'm not a scuba diver. Some of my uh, boys are, but I have not done that. I'm, you know, I, I'd rather go in a submarine or something than than solo scuba diving, probably. Yeah, at least there's some protection around you. At least, uh, <laughs> anyway, I just found that interesting. And since we've been talking so much about the sea, I thought that was worthy of our attention. Under sea aged champagne is starting to surface and it's actually becoming a field of science. Believe it or not, popular mechanics even talked about it. It's kind of weird. It's just crazy how these weird, random, accidental discoveries starts these whole lines of thought. Living under the sea, powering data center under the sea. Okay, what about aging different things? Or what about, you know, we've just got to make it cheaper to be able to turn salt water into fresh water is our big challenge, Jay. If we could get that done, we could solve, you know, so many problems. They can be done. It's just super expensive, right? Yeah, it is. It's very expensive. There's lots of novel things. I've seen some of these systems that can pull moisture out of the air based on physical properties. 
Um, you know, so there's ideas like that, but desalination, um, you know, it's hard to do. You got to have either pressure if you're using reverse osmosis or you've got to use the sun and try to evaporate that. It takes a lot of energy to take the salt back out. Yeah, there you go. And then the question becomes, you know, you know, is it lacking some minerals of average fresh water? There might be more to it than just taking the salt out on a consistent long-term basis, too. That's true. It's one thing to say, hey, we've got fresh water in a sense. It might be a little brackish, but it's, you know, it doesn't taste exactly perfect, but it is fresh water versus what minerals and what other things, you know, would be long-term. Anyway, we got our we got a, a lot to discover. I'll tell you that right now. I find that interesting. All right, we want to talk about hacking quite a bit, too. Facebook Marketplace is being ruined, they say. Uh, what do they call these guys, Zell scammers? Yeah. Amanda Hoover writes the article, and I, I just find this weird. What the heck is that? Is that what a Zell scammer? So Zell is a payment form from your bank, and so they're, they're yeah. using Zell to scam people, um, getting them to transfer things or allow them access to their account. Uh, just by bamboozling them and kind of snooker them. A lot of people, a lot of people that are on Facebook Marketplace are first-time sellers and um, and or first-time buyers even, and they find something. Um, you know, I've seen, I know of people who uh, saw a chicken coop on there, and you know, and it was like a really good price. It wasn't too outrageously low. You know, these are probably four hundred dollar ones, and somebody was selling one for two hundred, and they had a backstory of why they had bought it and didn't want it. And, you know, it turned out to be a scam. And it wasn't, if it hadn't have been for Cash App uh, denying the funds, and then they tried to switch to PayPal. And then PayPal was like, hey, are you sure you want to pay in Hong Kong dollars on this? That, that enough red flags went up to it, they stopped. But they could have gotten scammed had it been more easier. They'd been doing something like with Zelle or something else. There you have it. And that's kind of the problem is so these payment systems, and I know I bring this story up because we've talked about payment systems and scams recently and scams a lot around Christmas. And I hate to focus on, you know, Christmas and scams. I hate to just be the, you know, wet blanket guy on things. But you know what? I think it will be a Merry Christmas if we can save you from a scam. So be very careful on Facebook. Uh, on marketplace or on some of these places because look they can scam you and you think that you're too smart to get scammed and they've got legitimate things that they do that make you think oh this is going to be fine and it turns out not to be yeah, uh, in my opinion <laughs> yeah pretexting and everything else in my opinion the best way uh, to preserve yourself from this is always just say you know what before we're talk we talk payment or anything let me just come and see the item okay give me your address or whatever, um, or I'll give you my address, you know. And so I'm trying to sell a truck, Jay, which is a totally different deal, and I'm not selling it on Facebook Marketplace right. either. But the point is, is that when people email me <clears throat> from these different services and ask about it, <clears throat> all I really say is, hey, I'm ready to show you the vehicle. Um, <clears throat> when do you want to see it? And if they don't want to see it, if they put up any roadblocks to literally seeing it, I just don't think it can be real in terms of a purchase. Something's wrong. I don't know the, why you would ever buy something, even a chicken coop, that you haven't even seen. Right. Does yeah. it really and exist? Is it really what you want to buy? Um, and if it's if it's a physical item that you're going to have to go get anyways, you might as well just go see it and then meet the people and, hey, you know what? The chicken coop's right here. It's absolutely real. The truck's right here. Yes, it exists. And, hmm. You know what? When I run it, the engine sounds great. Here's the paperwork he has for the brand new engine in it. And, you know, you can verify things like that. It's when people don't take the time to verify that the snookering occurs, Jay. Uh, another instant red flag is if anybody tries to offer you more than you're asking for it or somehow 
accidentally pays you more than they meant to. You could almost guarantee that's a scam. People aren't doing that in real life. So I'm interested in your truck, though, not in buying it, Sam, but I'm interested in how are you going to sell it? You or should what, buy it. What services are you going to put on it? Uh, so I already or, put or it on. Listed, uh, I mean, I already put it on KSL, which in Utah, KSL is one of the biggest radio slash TV stations in the state. Nice. They have a huge buy and sell trade. I don't know what you call it. It's called KSL Classifieds because, um, you know, they were kind of, they're kind of part of a newspaper group. They're part of a huge group. Anyway, all I'm telling you is I've tried to sell it there. And the problem with me selling my truck is a whole different discussion. It's probably not worth the tech deal. But here's what people need to know. It's very expensive when you need to put a new engine in a vehicle. And so I put a new engine in it and new tires in it. So now it's an old pickup that can actually probably do somebody really well for a work truck and run for a long time and be worth every penny. But I probably want more for it than I might get. I see. That can be right? problematic. It's, yeah, it, for the seller. It's a problem. I'm not, I, I don't. And I don't need to make a ton of money. I'm not trying to, like, turn it over and get rich or whatever. But I am trying to get what I put into it out of it. And I think it's worth it. But it's, it's you know, it's a hard sale. Because, it, you know, unless somebody literally comes and sees it, sees the paperwork that it's a brand new engine, looks at it, you know, unless somebody really kind of understands, um, it's going to be hard. But I'm telling you right now, whenever people are just like, oh, yeah, this and that. And I want to arrange this. And I want to arrange that. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to arrange anything. If you're ready to come and see it, let's set up a time. Yeah, it's true, though, that a lot of scammers are ruining a lot of good things. And Facebook Marketplace is one of them. Craigslist is another one. Craigslist used to be awesome, and now it's just rife with people that have nothing better to do all day than to just try to scam people. And it's sad. And I don't understand. And I don't understand about that, because if you're going to work that hard to scam somebody, why not just do a real job that doesn't put yourself in jeopardy? I mean, I don't understand it. You'd think. But, you know, maybe there's not the, you know, you're talking about people from India and in China and places. Maybe there's not the same kind of opportunities. I don't know. I, I think that they probably can make a, a quicker, faster, bigger buck by scamming people. Otherwise, there wouldn't be the incentive there. I'm sure you're right. It just baffles me. Nevertheless, I guess it's just not how I, how I roll, you know. Hackers are now, for example, offering fake free Kindle e-books um, so that they can use them to hack your Amazon account, Jay. That's kind of creepy. So, hey, you want a free book, Jay? You're like, absolutely. Boom, I get enough information, and then I can hack your Amazon account uh, out of the results of what you give me. And, again, nothing's free. I don't know all the nuances of, you know, exactly what happens when. However, all I'm telling you is this is where the scams are getting sophisticated enough to where even tech people can get burned if they're not careful. Oh, yeah. A free book? Okay, come on. No problem. What the difference is, is oftentimes we don't know what we're giving away. Like we it don't realize easy. the correlation of what we're giving away versus what, you know, whatever they're asking for versus, uh, and even if you're reasonably tech savvy, you're just like, come on, people get free books all the time. Or, you know, Audible might give me a free book to start. Or Now, what, they're giving you a free book or they're giving you a free A free reader? ebook. Oh, that's even different. I thought you were talking about people giving a free e-reader, like a Kindle. No, a free Kindle ebook wow so you get the, the book that goes on your kindle right yeah but it's got some kind of malware or some <laughs> but it's got some that... kind of that's right that's creepy. that's right yeah it is creepy and it, uh, the problem is the... i bring this up because i think things are just going to get more and more and more difficult to know what the truth is and what not is what you're going to have to start doing is you know you do this a lot in towns jay when you go to a town or go to a place you kind of check it out and make sure you're not rolling to a sketchy part of town or you don't just get out at any place anywhere 
you know, you try to look for places that are that are well known, like stores right. that are common names or places that you feel like are uh, whatever. Or um, all I'm trying to say it's is good the internet, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The internet is getting more and more like that, and you're going to have to learn the same kind of principles of the street, so to speak, that you on the internet that relate that are similar. Now, I would think okay. that the good news is where on you this... spend your time and where you spend your clicks and where what you let pop up and where you go starts to matter. You're literally driving down internet streets or internet going to internet places that are more and more and more like real places in terms of their implications, Jay. Right. I think that the the silver lining of this though may be since it's an exploit in the Kindle book, this should be software fixable. I mean, this is probably something that Amazon can fix and stop from happening once they learn enough about it. I sure hope you're right. I Now, if it was where somebody was giving away a reader, it would be easy to jailbreak that reader and then have some kind of back-end thing that, that sends back the credentials that they use to put in to link it with their Amazon account. That would be a lot harder, I think, for Amazon to to uh, catch or stop or make happen. But yeah, you're the right. software book of giving away a free book that's somehow infected or gets into your device or reveals your credentials, It'll I would be think fixed. Amazon In the meantime, look out. Yeah. Right? Well, I like mean, Facebook we've always been like this. They could work out this just, um, uh, Zelle or whatever. They could, um, you know, kind of work through solving those things too, I think. I, mean, that, I think there's ways to solve a lot of these online problems. Most of it, though, Jay, in my opinion, has to do with shrewd consumers, yeah. shrewd people who listen to, say, TechWatch Radio or, uh, you know, somebody else and what to do and not to do. And I'm going to give you a quick example to make the point. I um, had an email sent to me from my own company, listen, from Network Providers, Inc., and they sent me an email and um, I looked at it and I'm like, hey, this is a scam, man. They want me to click on this thing to update my account, to do this, to do that. And it just, I don't know why they wouldn't let me know that this is happening. I just get this random email. I'm a consultant. Come on now. I should know, I should be in the know. Then I looked at it and I saw a few things wrong with the email where it just, it's like, doesn't make sense. So I forward it to our guy that controls our email policies. And he writes back and laughs and he says, you know, good for you not to fall for it. Because I basically just forwarded it and wrote and said, this is a scam. You need to dig into this, man. And he wrote back and he said, good for you. It is a scam, by the way. But we did it. It's safe. Go ahead and click on it so you can see the new process we're working on. So I did because he said so. And I, anyway, I went and clicked on it. Uh, and it turns out that it was just this thing that says, hey, if you've clicked on this link, shame on you. You've now been scammed. And we have the ability to steal your information. Wow. Uh, and this uh, this is just a, a test, you know, uh, and really we haven't stolen anything. We're just telling you we could, and you got to be more careful, and here's how you can be more careful. And basically we're using it as a training tool across a lot of our clients where you can just randomly send out this thing. And it really is from us, but it is a scam, but it's not a harmful scam. It's, a, it's an educational yeah. training scam. Um, and so, hey, you have just clicked on a phishing link is what it says at the top of it. Well, and you know what would be nice is if they are also rewarding those who are turning it into the proper channels, being like, hey, you guys, we, we got the scam going on or whatever. Um, I think you got to both 
teach people and train people, but also have some reward that makes people be kind of on the lookout for this. But it's an interesting thing, and I've heard of companies doing this, kind of red teaming their own organization and sending out some kind of honeypots and in um, emails that look malicious. They're not really malicious, but they are helping to train the people like, hey, if you clicked on this, you would have been scammed. You would have gotten malware if you installed yeah. this piece. Um, and I think it's very smart. There are companies entirely that are doing this. Um, and I'm sure MPI can help with that, too, for other companies yeah, that are interested. NPI is one of them. But, yeah, it's it's really important and interesting. And I just kind of smiled because I didn't get scammed. I just kind of laughed and went, hey, good work, guys. I love it. That's great. Um, because I didn't get scammed by it. But what I'm telling you is whenever they want you to take an action, you want to step back from that action and say this. How, what are the, what's the pros and cons of this action if I take it? And if you have yourself hesitating in any way, just say, look, I'm not going to take the action. If I didn't get a response back after I forwarded that thing and said this thing's a scam, like I did, and I knew it was him because I know the phrasing of the guy that wrote me back, and I mean, I know the guy, guarantee it was the right guy. But all I'm saying is if I didn't get back something satisfactory, if I got back something strange, then I would have just called him on the phone and said, hey, his name's Dan. Hey, Dan, I, uh, you know, and then it would have just run it to ground. Yeah, because so somebody could have control of doubt, their email. Check it out, Jay. Right. Because somebody could have control of their email. So that may not even be the most effective thing, especially if it's coming from their account uh, and somebody has gotten access to it. You know, you, maybe you do need to contact them out of band or some other way, like the phone or yeah. text message. In this case, it turns out that it was not from him. It was from supposedly like a team at whatever. And, you know, it made sense. I mean, it, you know, it, a lot of it was right. It was like very good. It's just that I just looked back and said, why would they be asking me to do this right now without me even knowing that it's happening? I just don't think they'd be doing that. Uh, another you thing, you got to that... ask yourself that. You got to look at the language that people write and say, would they really say that? Would they really ask that? Would they really want me to do that without, you know, some other kind of confirmation or there's been no discussions about this? Or, you know, there's uh, there's always these red flags, even if they're getting better at it, Jay, that you got to watch out for. That's true. And there are some mitigations that uh, small businesses are doing where they have maybe a code word or a phrase or something to let people know. Because if you really get hit by a targeted attack, they can fake somebody's voice. They can make phone calls. You could you could have your voice or at least the voice of your boss call you and say, hey, I need you to make a wire transfer to such and such a thing. Um, so if you have some kind of pre-established um, code or, or phrase or something that you can verify the other person is who they are, that can help a little bit too. But it's it's just one thing to help mitigate in the stack because they'll be able, oftentimes they'll be able to get around that too if they see previous correspondence that has that in it or anything else or if that gets leaked out somehow. But you know, do a lot of these things and and have a lot of layers to your defensive strategy so that you don't get nailed by something like this. I agree, and I think there's a lot that you can do. We'll talk about that. Um, I think misconceptions are one of the biggest problems when it comes to security, Jay. Uh, misconceptions are one of them. The other big uh, problem in my mind is humans not thinking through what they're being asked to do by whom. Oftentimes you don't know who's asking you to do something. And oftentimes what they're asking you to do is really nonsensical if you stop and think about it. Most of these kind of things that occur um, after the fact, you go, did you see this warning sign? And did you see this? And people oftentimes will say, you know, I, I did think something was kind of weird, but I... I mean, I just, you know, something or I tried to call so-and-so and they said they were out of town and it's true. I got their voicemail when I called them. And, you know, th I'm just saying that there's, it's easy when you look back to see the signs and go, yeah, but I this. <clears throat> and I'm really trying to spend the time to get people to understand humans are the weakest link 
whether it be we don't have good enough passwords created, whether it be we make a mistake and give up some personal information that we shouldn't. Um, I'm not saying systems are never the problem. Obviously, this uh, payment problem with Facebook is a, you know, is a, is a problem. But a lot of times it's the actions that we take or don't take. So at the top of the training stack, uh, in my mind, is educated people. Next is layers of protection. Between those, you should be in good shape. One of the big mistakes people make is oftentimes they think, I'm on a Mac, I'm okay. It's all good. Macs don't have these problems. That's not true. Um, there's an update you need to apply to all your Apple devices. We'll talk about that next episode. Uh, and we wish you all a Merry Christmas season and a Happy New Year season, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. NPITechGuys.com. Make it a great tech day, will you? Hey, thanks. Thanks.